This is a Triple J podcast. Hello, it is Pippin D here. And if you clicked on this bonus app because you saw the peak, you saw the title, you know the queen, you're a drag race fan, then hello, welcome. Maybe you don't, you just love the hookup and you want to listen to every episode we do, which we absolutely are obsessed with you. Thank you very much. But either way, you are in for a great 23 minutes or so of absolute banter. Yeah, if you don't know anything about this person and you're just rolling the dice on this app and you're thinking, who or what is a Monet exchange? Pip, I'm gonna let you <laughs> I'm gonna let you explain this one because you are a Monet Exchange ride or die super fan. Yeah, this chat was honestly such a career highlight for me. Um if you don't know who Monet Exchange is, she is an icon, a legend, she is the moment. She is that girl, <laughs> honestly. And she's known for competing on three different seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race. Um she was a double winner on the fourth season of All Stars along Trinity the Tark. She also came back for the seventh season of an all-stars, all-winners season, where she placed runners-up to Jinx, who we're going to hear about in this chat. Um, But yeah, she's not only just drag royalty, she is a stand-up comedian. She's classically trained as an opera singer. Which I didn't know. Yeah, it's It's insane. She's so good. I could honestly go on, but I'll stop. So yeah, obviously we had to get Pip's drag hero on the show. You can hear all the passion in her voice. <laughs> um, but luckily she was in the country. She was touring Australia for her legend show and drag expo. And yeah, we covered so many topics. Yeah, like dating in the drag industry. Um, obviously, there's a lot of political tension overseas in the US with these anti-drag laws. Uh, LGBTQIA plus representation in rural areas and the importance of community and doctors and psychs um, for queer people. And... We even read out some of your Sunday secrets to Monet to get a couple of reacts. So, yeah, get ready for that. She loved them. Oh, she also spilt some tea on hooking up with um, people in her season. Yeah, she did. So make sure you listen through to the whole thing. It is so much fun. And, yeah, also just a really powerful insight into queer issues. So enjoy. Hi, the hookup. Are we going to talk about dirty sexual things on here or is this a PG-13 podcast? Oh my God, no. This is fully the space for you to say Mm -hmm. everything to air out any sexual dirty laundry. So get ready. It is R18 rated. It's the only place I think in Australia really on national radio where we can say whatever. Radio. Oh my God. Well, you know, Mm. well, I love that and I will definitely keep that in mind. Amazing. Well, and let's. Use some expletives like "fuck jinx." No, I'm kidding. Don't put that. In. <laughs> no, you can. You can. You can. I don't care. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, fuck jinx. Um, you were robbed. Um, anyway, no. <laughs> Look, we want to chat to you about dating because obviously you are on tour right now in Australia. Do you um find it hard to sort of date as a drag queen, being away from your boo so much? Like, what? How do you manage that? Yeah, you know, it's the traveling and be having a partner is really hard. My partner is back home in LA and. He's working hard and being on the road, it, it is tough, you know? And for so long, like, I was just just picking up every Atreide and fucking Bogan I could find, honey, and just, like, slopping them back to my hotel room. But now I have a partner and we, 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 we make time, to, we make sure we have, like, time to communicate and time to chat and we talk a lot throughout the day. 
And when we go back, we just have really good sex when I get back. So that's always a positive. Oh my God, I'm obsessed. I also love that, you know, you said tradie. Like in Australia, like, you know how you say trade for like, yeah, yeah. Like we literally have tradies. This is amazing. (laughs) I love the tradies here, honey. The tradies and them and their their little short shorts. I'm like, I see what you're trying to do. (laughs) Have you seen the, um, obviously in America, you don't have AFL players. Have you seen their short shorts? No. are these the um the Australian Football League? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, and I haven't seen them, but I will go to a match tonight. You absolutely, absolutely should. <laughs> Honestly, the eye candy is insane. Oh, uh, I love that you, you know, as you said before, like you're getting like amazing sex when you come back. I guess like when you're away, you know, the heart grows fonder, right? The heart does grow fonder. Also, you know, um uh my my boyfriend, he'll like he will like zoom and stuff a lot and he'll like be like completely like no haircut, no anything. And then when I get back, he'll always greet me with like a, a fresh cut, and that's always the key to my heart, a fresh cut, honey. You heard it here first. Um <laughs> I mean, obviously you're in a relationship right now, but I think you spoke about it with one of the RuPaul Drag Race uh, seasons that you hooked up with a fellow contestant. You never said who it was, which I fully respect. But is this like, is this something that does happen, whether it's on uh, RuPaul or in the drag scene? Are they, are the queens dating each other a lot, sleeping with each other? So it does happen a whole bunch, but there are a few girls that what that what we call the Kai Kai. That means that two queens that have sex with each other. So that has happened. Um, I know a lot, but it it, it it does not happen all the time. It is very rare. In fact, I, there, there are a few drag queen couples that I know. Like there are two queens in New York City, Misty Mina and, um, and Mocha Light. And they've been, they've been together for like, 15 years and it's like dating a queen sounds like good in theory because you get to like share clothes heels like all that stuff but also to like that's four personalities in one relationship that's too much yeah no that actually makes complete sense i don't know why as a drag race fan i always thought it was way more common but maybe because the show really pushes like the showmances yeah yeah that's it like like, like brooklyn and vanjie like i mean they fucked for like a few months after the show, then it was a wrap. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were, I mean, Vanjie, is she like 12 personalities in her, in her fucking head and Brooklyn is cr- No, no. Drag queens do not, should not date each other. Yeah, I understand that. I mean, you guys are built different and you've got so much on your plate. Speaking of um, fucking and dating on your podcast, Sibling Rivalry, big fan, um, you had this amazing listener question come through from William in England talking about um, bottoming and he was basically <laughs> like, how do I be bottom ready? Because it seems like all of you are just ready to go, bam, bam, bam. And he was like, I don't know how to do this because I eat spicy food. <laughs> I just want to bring up your fiber intake because you said three <laughs> scoops of this fiber powder morning and night. Are you okay? <laughs> yes. Let me tell you something. Like, you know, like I used to look at my grandmother taking Metamucil like, oh my God, what is wrong with her? Cut to me uh, 10 years later doing my, doing my own Metamucil routine. Fiber will get you right, girl. And I, you know, so my, I have a lot of female friends uh, um, and they're straight and like a few of them have done anal and I was like so did you clean out and they were like no and I was like there are straight women out here doing anal and not douching that sounds to gay men that is that sounds insane Um, but so for all the straight ladies out there who 
your 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 trady boyfriend might want to try anal do a little metamucil in the morning a little a little metamucil at night and you'll be good to go d you're already halfway there you're obsessed with vitamin c I, oh my god no i can't even get into it because i'll just keep going <laughs> forever but like basically if you have heaps of vitamin c powder it makes you just shit yourself it's like really? a way of being healthy getting your immunity up but also just a nice little cleanse when you <laughs> Good to, okay, I'm gonna. Okay, so now I'm gonna add vitamin C powders. Yeah. Vitamin C powder. This is great. Oh my god, no, please don't. I feel like your guts will just like fall out. Like, I don't know how you're doing it. That sounds even better, girl. That's been I would always be ready. Okay, oh, oh my god, you know what is crazy? You're so right, though. Like, I feel like like in straight women culture like it's not really a thing to douche like i don't know anyone who owns it um yeah, yeah i don't think we prep for it which is bizarre but i guess it's you working <laughs> yeah it's, it's working I've, I've never heard none of my none of them said that their boyfriends complain so it, it, it's working also dudes we're just fucking we're just terrible like we eat bad shit <laughs> Like dudes are just like rough and tumble, you know. Like you know, ladies are y'all have it a bit more together than us, so that's probably why it works out. Yeah, that's fair. Um, obviously check in with a doctor before you do all these yeah. vitamins. <laughs> I was about to say, advice. I'm like, don't listen to me. I'm like, <laughs> I would PSA, don't know what I'm talking about. But on a kind of serious note, though, Amane, it is important to find a doctor who actually understands queer health right yeah. and recognizes gay relationships um is this something that you have personally struggled to find or like yeah what's your thoughts on that and, and like trying to find someone who really gets it yeah well you know so you know unlike lovely places like the uk and australia we do not have universal health care in the states we're like a, a mess so every time i will go to the doctor i would like find like the nearest urgent care to me the one that i haven't gone to the lot before because i didn't pay them so i would like try to find like a new one every time and there's, they're always like, they're doctors that have, that do not have a lot of queer patients. They don't understand like, girl, I just had a weekend in, um, in Fire Island. I know I have something. Just give me some penicillin. Trust me. And they're like, no, we can't do that. Well, as you go to a queer clinic and they're like, girl, I was on, I was in Palm Springs this weekend. Got it. Here's a penicillin. Here's the antibiotics. Go home. Yeah, I mean, so it's just they just they just know queer people better. Um, they're they're better to give you more gender affirming care, and you know, and up till I I, I got insurance like two years ago, and um, so I have like I have like a queer doctor that like he gets it like he like he knows in and out, and there are a lot of queer people, uh, trans persons that that, that that go to my same doctor because they just understand queer bodies and queer people better, and when you. When you when when you have a doctor that's not like questioning what you're saying and they're like listening to you and not just like reading from a book, it it really does make it all all the better. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, like we get so many listeners who talk to us about their yeah queer healthcare experiences, and in Australia, it's very much that. Like, I mean, doctors are uh, thinking straight and narrow, and they don't understand you know, queer relationships. Like, so many times, like they'll be like, "Hey, so are you sure you're not pregnant?" And they're like, "Yeah, I'm a lesbian." <laughs> So, that's not happening. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's just it's just it's just better. So, let's see if you can find your queer and also friends who have queer doctors do not gatekeep the queer doctors. Like share the information with your friends. Like let people know. I might even put it out there and say like we should also um prop up some queer therapists as well because on the show yes. we talk to people all the time about, you know, getting counseling therapy for whatever relationship or personal dilemmas that you are going through. 
and yeah, I think we, I kind of want to make some more noise for that as well. Cause surely like if you understand those experiences, you're going to be able to help mm. someone better, right? Absolutely. Um, Monet, it would be weird to not ask about the political situation. You spoke a little bit about like I'm in the U S and you know, it's very different to the UK and Australia. Um, so yeah, I mean, bit of a serious note, but in regards to all the drag laws that are happening, um, I think a lot of people who are listening might not be across everything. What's actually happening at the moment in the year in the U S with these anti-drag laws? Yeah, so in the U.S. and places like Tennessee and um, and um, Florida and Texas, which are all very conservative states, um, the governors there and uh, and our representatives there, they just try they're they're trying to enact a lot of um, anti drag le- um, legislation, and and it's, it's oftentimes coded as um, men wearing like women's clothing out in public past a certain time, et cetera, et cetera. And yes, these are anti-drag, but I think when you really look at it, a lot of these are anti-trans legislations. Like there are ways to combat the trans community by trying to slip it in as oh it's just anti-drag but you're but all the wording if you look at these documents of of, of, the, of the legislation it is wording that is targeting trans people and it's, and it's a way to criminalize trans bodies and it is a way to criminalize trans people and their experience and them just trying to live their daily lives trying to make food and and, and just trying to make money to support themselves you know what i mean so at the bare bones of it that's what it is and I think that you know, luckily, you have a, queer people. When you when you when you attack queer people, they really we really start to band together and to fight and to and march for each other, support for um, protest for each other, do all these things. So there's a lot of the community working together. But it just seems right now it seems a little bleak. But I have all faith that um, you know queer people we're we're on, we are not new to this. This struggle has been going on forever, and it's it's like just getting the civil rights and the same equalities as, as everyone seems to be not a thing that anyone wants us to have, which sounds so crazy in the year 2023 that we just can't have the same civil rights as everyone else. Yeah, doesn't it? And, you know, if you're listening to this and thinking, oh, it's not relevant, we're in Australia, well, it actually is. I mean, this kind of rhetoric has been seeping into Australia and New Zealand. I mean, like just a couple of months ago, there was a drag reading at a library in Melbourne and they um, had threats, they were picketed, there were Nazis involved. It was insane. And yeah, it's really scary. It's scary and it's sad. And um, Monet, I think it's actually really fitting that we're having this discussion and chatting about this right now because it is Ida Hobbit Day, May 17th. I don't know what time frame you're in, but in Australia, it is May 17th right now, um, which is the International Day Against LGBTQIA plus discrimination. You spoke a little bit about like this isn't new for queer communities. This is something that you've gone through for a long time now. But for people listening who aren't part of that community, who are allies, who want to help, how can we on this day and going forward help combat discrimination? Yeah, I think that a lot of it is allyship. And I know that there's people like, yeah, I'm an ally, but it's like, how are you showing up as an ally, right? I think that like even little things that you can do at your job, little things, if you have family members that are queer, it, it may seem like, oh, but they know I love them, but like really show up for them and support at like protests, at telethons, at these drag story hours. When you see people uh, picketing these things and trying to shut them down, what are you actually doing as an ally to show up for the queer people there and also the queer people in your lives that this negatively impacts and negatively affects? And I think normalizing queer stories, normalizing trans existences is a way to combat that even if you don't have a lot of followers or you you think that you don't have enough money to give, like there are things that people can do in their daily lives to help normalize our experience so that people who are conservative don't look at us like these weird things. Like we 
it, it, it's really weird. Queer people eat, sleep, and breathe just like straight people. It's almost like we're also human. You know what I mean? So it's like mm -hmm. just normalizing these things and showing that there is nothing strange about this trans person's experience. There's nothing strange about this lesbian couple. Like it's, it's helping to help having our allies normalize our experiences to show that we're all the same. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think a big part of that um, normalization is representation. We talk about it a lot on the hookup, and it's happening all over the world. Like, I've been seeing articles with like um, a huge amount of support going behind uh, LGBTQIA plus people, with like Lizzo bringing out people on stage, Orville Peck, yeah. um, Haley Kiyoko. Um, but you know, another thing that I wanted to chat to you about in terms of representation is like the importance of. LGBT youth being seen like rurally and in regional regional areas. Australia is a big country. <laughs> like we have a lot of countries. I forget how big this this country is, but there's like nothing in the middle of the there's country. Nothing. Like, nothing. I mean, yeah. there are people. They're spaced yeah. out, and there's a yeah, lot of bush out. and a okay. lot of kangaroo and wildlife. But um, yeah, there are people growing up in these, you know, really regional areas. Um, mm -hmm. and yeah, like I wanted to chat to you about that because. Have you done much like touring in the deep south of the US? Like, do you feel like the difference of audience, I guess, when you're showing up and being like, hey, I'm here, I'm loud, I'm queer and proud, you know? Yeah, you know, I think that when I have toured in very rural places, but I think that when like anytime I go to like a, a, a small town in Alabama or like a small place in, in Florida, like it really brings up all the queer people. So it's a very queer, queer audience. So I don't like get the full thing. But when I do these meet and greets, like to so some people, they're like, you don't know how long we wanted someone from Drag Race to come here, or we haven't seen a queer comedian here in the in in in, 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 in over three years. So it's so nice to have to have you here. And it's like because I live in a liberal place like California, I live I, I live in LA, which is as liberal as it fucking gets. Like you just get so lost and 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 forget that there are people who are who live in these small towns and in these small cities that they don't have a gay bar, they do not have any safe spaces and your presence there means a lot to them so that's why i never take that shit for for granted at all and you know and for those people who live in these small parts and these um, rural communities i would say i mean and, and i know it's hard it's so much easier said than done but i think uh trying to find it might be one or two other queer people in that town but just try to get together and i don't know fucking play fucking cards against humanity play like some jackbox games like and then, then bring in some allies. And I think that when you start in these small communities, it's, 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 it's really hard to start. I know it is. I know it is. But you watch shows like we're here and you see how other small communities have done it where they have they started with one or two and then some allies came and more people came out. And little by little, these small communities, they start to build together. And, it's, and, and, and maybe they can, you know, just start like a queer game night or just start a queer and ally game night, something like that, a really small these communities to help find out where the other LGBTQIA plus people are that you may not even know are there. Mm, I mean, I'm hoping to see um, D, what's like a rural town? We wore um, lesbian oil wrestling maybe once a Ooh, night. lesbian yeah. oil wrestling. That I don't know. Cares. Let's get together <laughs> and make these Do you know these what? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I last year went to Kununurra, which is quite a small regional place in WA in the middle of literally nowhere for their Pride Week and it popped the fuck off. Like there was really? so, yeah. I was like in shock because obviously in Melbourne, I'm like, this is just part of my bubble. I see it yeah. All the time but I was like in awe of all of the people that were there and it was just such a good vibe so you're so right about just people coming together and finding yeah. finding that community um Monet obviously you're on tour at the moment in Australia like we've been saying legends we've got Jinx we've yes. got Trinity the Tuck and you're gonna hit up a place in Western Australia that I hold very close to my heart Perth which is I found out the most isolated city in the world 
Yeah, I'm from there. <laughs> yeah. from Perth. It wow. is. Yeah, Perth. Yeah. Perth, Perth, Perth is fun. Perth is fun. Make sure you – wait, what's some things that um Monet could say, like, that are really Perthy? Like, I don't know. I've got a really great personality. Like, oh, God. God. Oh, oh. You, you take it. You take it. I'm Sorry. just like, all you have to do, babe, I saw it on your gram. You were popping at the beach. I don't know what beach you were at. But let oh. me tell you, you were absolutely killing it at the beach. That's all you need to do in Perth. Head on over to the beach, <laughs> take some snaps, and make sure you tell everyone that they're the be- best beaches in the whole world because they absolutely are. But it's cold now. Though. I can't go to the beach. Is it? Is it cold there? It's not like it's not mm. like the East Coast. Like it's like yeah, it's like mid twenties. I think like you should okay, be okay. Yeah. Then I reckon you will be okay. Was this the pick of with the little side tie bikini bottoms? Girl, yes, my fantasy, honey. Ah, I loved them. I was like, these are so hot. But yeah, careful of the sharks in Perth as well. Sorry okay. about it. So y'all, y'all send me to the beach <laughs> to meet the sharks. <laughs> Just put your toes in. Put your toes in. <laughs> Just toes in. Get the ground Get the first then... traps. That's all you need. Exactly. <laughs> you have got um a comedy special coming out. I'm so excited to watch this. It's called <laughs> Fist of Glory. Fist of Glory. And people coming to the Legend Show, they're getting a little taste of what that means in the show. So come out and see the Legend Show. You can see a little bit of that. But yeah, my Santa special is coming out. I filmed it with um, the Tribeca Film Festival. And it's coming out June 13th in the States. I'm not sure what that comes out here in Australia, but I'm, I'm sure we'll find out. I'll be posting it on my socials. And yeah, I've been really doing the, the stand-up thing. I've been, stand-up has been so fun and it's so enriching and it's just you, yourself and a bottle of water and a mic on stage in front of <laughs> an auditorium full of people. And it's been the best, I've been having the best time and I, I'm so happy to be up in these stand-up streets doing more of it and doing hopefully being global. Well, I am. I'm going to be at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival doing my new one-woman show this summer. So Stop be that. Fun. Wow. I love Edinburgh. Um, yeah, I, I went to the I went there a couple of years ago, and it just is one of the best. The Fringe is yeah, there. Yeah, I heard it's so fun. Um, we want to finish off this chat um, with something fun, a little game, if yeah. you will, um, because yeah. here at The Hookup, we have a regular segment called Sunday Secrets, and we do this on the live show pretty much uh, once a month on a Sunday. And the okay. point of it is that listeners divulge their secrets to us and okay. get it off their chest so that they can start the week fresh. Okay. And um, we have some secrets that we wanted to read out to you that we've gotten that have literally like left us cackling. And we wanted to get your reactions to them, give them a rating in a way. How does that sound? Okay. Yes, that sounds good. Okay, cool. So this is the safest space. No judgment. We're okay. gonna, just going to read it. Um, this person's secret said, sexting four guys at the moment and I send them wank voice memos, but I edit out moaning my ex's name. Ooh, you moaned your ex's name, girl. I mean, that's a big fumble, bitch. <laughs> How do you mitigate saying your ex's name, girl? I'll be like, wow, bitch, that's fierce. Honestly, work. But that's kind of like sending nudes where you send them to everyone at the same time and they're an old one. Do you know what I mean? I feel like she's yeah. similar energy. She's just like being, True. she's being smart. She's using an old voice memo. She's sending it out, editing the name in. Like She's I recycling. She's recycling. It's smart. Also, I mean, like, like we're just, we're just, we're, technology is just so fast that she can, she can just do that. I mean, honestly, she should just be more efficient. Just spend a day and just go through, just go, just scroll through Instagram. Just say, Steven, Jacob, uh, Randy. Uh, Harry, just do a whole bunch of names. That's a, that, so you just have a, a a bag full of names you can choose from whenever you're ready. Yes, I love that. Um, do you send wank voice memos to your partner at home? Because I think it's really hot. I love doing it. <laughs> See, phone sex is weird for me. And again, I've done everything in the sun, right? I've been, I've been, uh, I've been a, a floozy since like middle school. Like, I get <laughs> it, but. 
phone sex is just like a little weird and he wants to do phone sex and I'm like I don't know I just like I just maybe maybe I can sense of me doing my own thing and send it to him later but us at the same time like listening to each I, that feels I feel so uncomfortable even talking saying that out loud <laughs> oh my god no I did it too when I was first dating um somebody and I was in Japan and they were back in Australia and I was sending them it and then he kept like calling me and I was like no I can't I don't want to like <laughs> you're right no no I was like this isn't live babe this is pre-wrecked <laughs> you're just like painting your toenails you're like no like there's nothing <laughs> It's not real. There's <laughs> nothing actually happening here. I'm and just trying to eat sushi. Now FaceTime has made it even worse. And then people want to, they can see exactly what you do. Oh my God, FaceTime. Nah, no, I'm with you. Can't I'm with you. It. Okay, another secret we got from someone. Uh, okay. They said, my vibrator charger magnetized together and nearly burnt down my building, but I blamed the toaster. <laughs> Girl, okay, how how strong is this vibrator, girl? Is she is, is is she fucking Magneto? What 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 is this? What is this vibrator? I'm picturing I, one of those like ancient ones with the huge knobs. Like, but then I'm like, how did it the wand like, magnet? Yeah, the wand one, like the old school. Okay, like, how did I have this vibrator with the magnetized charger? So I know exactly what she's talking about, and I also know that my old roommate had the exact same one as me, and I know this because when we used to live together, one time my dog wanted into her room and then came back out and there was something hanging off her collar and then I went over to pick it up and it was the magnetized charger sticking onto the little metal disc on her collar and I was like oh my god I like grabbed it <laughs> off my dog I was like no she had, I never told her but <laughs> <laughs> she knows now sorry Paloma <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay another one we have got here I dumped someone because they smelt musty but used the excuse that my life was too busy right now <laughs> you know okay so here's the thing like smells are important right and it smells like pheromones etc I don't like necessarily like like squeaky clean like out the shower but I also don't want you to stink. Like to me, a nice happy medium is like coming from the gym and like just a little something, but not like, you know, a nice, uh, yeah. But smells are important. I get it. Someone is always musty. That's that's a deal breaker for me for sure. Yeah, it's just like one of those conversations that's too hard to have. I'm like, I'm not mm. I'm not having that. I'm not doing the mental yeah. load of telling you you're just breaking it up. Yeah, like I'm not, I, I, I can't take that on. I have too much going on. I can't tell you that you stink too. It's too much. <laughs> I actually don't think I've ever met anyone who's smelt musty, but the one smell I really hate is like slightly damp clothes. Oh, oh. agreed. Agreed. That's I hate gross. it. I hate that smell. Could never date yeah. someone like that. The moldy yeah. smell. Mm. Monet Exchange, I've just realized how long it's been, how long we've been talking to you. We could talk to you forever. Um, we love you so much. We're obsessed with you. Thank you so much for jumping Thank in the hookup. Thank you so much. This has been so fun. Y'all make, I'm, I'm going to move to Australia now. If we can do this every day, I'm moving to Australia. Oh my God, Babe, stop. New podcast. First, obviously. <laughs> I'll see you on the beat. <laughs> Thank you, ladies. Thank you so much. I can't. <laughs> I'm so obsessed with her. Like, you understand now, right? Yes, I completely understand. I was actually, you and I were hanging out the other day and Brendan, my housemate, who's also a huge fan, you and him were just completely vibing out about Monet. And he was like, you have to see the video of her doing the jump, like the jump the thing, jump. the fake jump. Oh, he was yeah. like, it was an iconic moment in drag. Like, anyway, I watched the jump. She's just the best. She is so good. I just want to bottle up her laugh. Like, it's so warm. I just put it straight in my veins. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed that chat. It was just such a good time for Dee and I. And yeah, you can hit us up anytime on the Instagram if you want us to hit up a guest. We'll try our hardest. Mm -hmm. Maybe another Drag Race legend when they're next down here. Um, yeah, that's Triple J at The Hookup. 
We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.